this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Ho, ho, ho. We're coming on down that chimney of of your... Is it December when they hear... No, it's November 30th. Ho, ho, ho. We're perched <laughs> atop the chimney uh, on the a, roof. We've got a satchel full of candles. Yep, up on the rooftop. Click, click, click. That's the lighter. We're lighting some candles up here. Pocket full of dreidels. Pocket full of kryptonite. Yeah. Everything's coming. Two pockets. Tupac is also here, <laughs> and it's a it's a whole holiday sort of uh, extrav- extravaganza. When you start an intro like that, do you think to yourself, "Well, if I do this now, then I don't get to do it again next week. This is my one shot." No, because you can actually people forget. Oh, okay. Over the after like like honestly, it's not even a week. After like two days, everyone forgets everything that they listened to in the podcast. Two and days you just ago. warm that intro right back up. Yeah. We actually have been republishing the same episode <laughs> for, for like four years now. Uh-huh. Uh, I shouldn't say that. That's probably a pretty mean critique that people lay at our show, oh, feet no. of our show sometimes. But listen, it's, it's here. It's wonderful. It's a show where we talk about things we like, things that are good, things we're into. I have had a shocking suffusion of holiday spirit. Yeah. Uh, over this over this past week, snuck crept right up on me because we usually do it. We usually put the tree up Black Friday day after True. Thanksgiving. True. We didn't have one this year because we got rid of ours before we moved. Yeah, we did the thing when you move across country where you're like, "Oh, I, I don't want to pack this. I'll just get another one." And then it got to be Thanksgiving, and we were like, "Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> we we don't have any plans for our holiday spirit." Yeah. Um, except for a small Tupperware bin. Not Tupperware, Rubbermaid. Rubber, I mean, what's the same? A plastic bin. Yeah. Uh, We don't need to give them free free advertisement. (laughs) Of ornaments, but no 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 tree. No tree to hang them on, but we rectified that beauty. Very quickly. In the living room, while we were putting it up and decorating it, our big son did look up at us while, uh, you know, one of the slower numbers from Charlie Brown Christmas. We were listening to music, as you do when you assemble your tree. And decorate the tree. And he... Our big son looks up at us and he says, uh, why Why is this like sad? And no, no, no. He said the music is almost making this more sad. And we were like, what do you, what do you mean, honey? He was like, no, not sad, but like emotional. No, he said happy. This is what was confusing. He could tell that he was trying to figure out what this like sentimental, like warm feeling was. And he was like, not happy, but sad. And we were like, oh, oh yes, we know you're that You're feeling one. Christmas emotions. He was like, yeah, I'm feeling a lot of like emotions for Christmas right now. <laughs> and we, we were so charmed and delighted yeah. by our own offspring, which yeah. I guess happens constantly every single yeah, day. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the goal in a way. But dang it, if that didn't just shoot me right to right into the, the candle night's atmosphere, loving it. Um, do you have a small wonder? Oh, uh, hmm. I got one. Please go. I'm going to jump on it. Please go. The other day, what was it, Saturday maybe? Blues, St. Louis Blues were playing, uh, who do they have that big crazy comeback against? The Panthers. Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers. Blues, pretty bad losing streak, and then a pretty good winning streak because they're the most buckwild team in show business. Uh, they were they had a dog shit first and second period in this game. Went into the third period down uh, one to four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a three goal deficit in hockey 
is a lot of goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A great deal of goals. And over the course of the next- Because periods, periods, by the way, I mean, not including stoppages, are only 20 minutes. Yeah. So you don't have a lot of time to make up- uh, A deficit like yeah. that. Yeah. But the St. Louis Blues went from playing pretty bad, I would say, to the shit hottest hockey I have yeah. seen those those gentlemen play in a very, very long time. I watched that overtime goal by Cairo like five yeah. times. Jordan Cairo is a very fast man. Yes. He skates super duper fast. That's his like thing. Only sometimes, uh, particularly in the last couple seasons, when he like gets a good breakaway and just zooms through the, the defense, <laughs> he looks for a pass instead of like trying to go for the shot himself, yeah. which people critique him for. In this period, this one period, he was uh it was like angels in the outfield out there. Yeah. He was just zooming up, scoring goals left and right. I think uh Tarasenko scored a goal from behind the net. Yeah. I don't even know how that physically it was fucking rad. And then they went into overtime and Kairu won it in overtime and had one of the better pop offs I've seen in, in hockey in a long time. Yeah. So good. And your parents were in town. Your dad is like died die hard yeah. blues fan for, for life sure. and getting to like have that that communal pop off was really nice yeah really nice it was nice uh i am gonna give a shout out to the uh bluey stage play that we saw bluey's big play yeah we had talked to henry about it and he said he was interested even though honestly we as much as griffin and i love bluey big son it's kind of indifferent about it. When he it. gets into it, he gets real. Like, if we yeah. start watching Bluey in the morning, we'll watch Bluey for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but it's not an He doesn't everyday, request it. No. He doesn't have a lot of, like, merch associated with it. But he indicated he wanted to go to the play. And Griffin and I were very excited about that. Uh, and it was just as charming. So darling. And, like, gorgeous as we were hoping it would be. Yeah, we're talking about, like, chest high puppets of yeah. the main four dogs. Yeah. Uh, each puppeteered by two people. Although there are, there is an extra dog. There is an extra dog. Let's not spoil Let's it, Let's not though. spoil who it is. I'm not going to spoil who it is. It's yeah. who you want it to be. But I'm not going <laughs> to spoil who it is. And it's just an episode. It's like a 45 minute long episode of Bluey. Yeah. With, like, dancing and games and, yeah. and bubbles. Some of your favorite. Keep you up bits. Yeah. Some, oh, God. The Edith and I don't know, when they are uh-huh, old ladies driving ladies, a car. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, it was delightful. Yeah. It has a big message about being a big a big oh, sibling, uh, which I, we were hoping would find purchase in Henry's mind. But then uh, he got some birthday presents for his birthday <laughs> that he felt, I would say, quite territorial about. Yeah. Uh, and maybe some of Bluey's messages did not penetrate as deeply as we would have hoped. I had I had this concern that it had the reverse effect in which it had not really occurred to him that he was being put out by being a big sibling. And yeah. then the show was all about that. And then he came home and was like, hey, Actually, fuck this. Yeah. You know what? It does kind of suck sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, boy, sweet boys. Love these boys. Love this show. Yeah. Who goes first this week? I do not know. It's me. All right. It's me. I, I know the last episode we put up was a live show. Yes. Which I believe you went first. At. I did go first. And at. then I think the week before that, you also went first. Oh, man. I'm sorry, babe. No, it's all right. I just I, won't do this. You do two bits in a row. No, see, I didn't, I didn't prepare for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of our DC live show, which was awesome. Yeah, very First fun. of all, uh, there was a topic I did not get to cover. Yes. And so here, cutting room floor... My topic this week 
which is, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of a general way to talk about this. Um, I'm going to say the uh, the statues on the Washington National Cathedral. The statues on the Washington... I mean, I'm going to say gargoyles. But yeah. we're going to talk about some things that aren't gargoyles. Well, I mean, if it's a statue up on top of a tall building, I think it's a gargoyle. Oh, that's where you'd be wrong. Okay. There is another name for those. So a gargoyle, not to like jump ahead too much, but a gargoyle is a very specific thing. Okay. And if it is not a gargoyle, it is called a grotesque. A grotesque? Yes, it is. That's cool. I know. That's really cool, actually. So in advance of our DC live show, I felt a lot of pressure to kind of educate myself a little bit more about this city that we have only been in for a few months now. Yeah. Uh, so I went to the Washington National Cathedral, did like my own little self-guided tour. Yeah. Uh, they have this like app you can download to like read about little facts as you walk through the various rooms. That's cool. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of history there. Just sure. like a tremendous amount of history. So the Washington National Cathedral um, is was designed to be a national house of prayer open to all and supported by people throughout the world. Uh, it does not receive federal or church support. Um, and so there's a lot in there from a, a variety of faiths. It doesn't receive church support. No, it's supposed to be a like a house open to all faiths. I had no idea. Yeah. So there are there are a variety of services. I mean, granted, the like Christian iconography is pretty intense. Sure. But there's a lot of We kind love of, gargoyles. A lot of other elements. We love these scary <laughs> man bats. We love the television show gargoyles. We do love Christians do love the television show gargoyles though. I never watched it. It was pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Keith David's like masterpiece i think so a lot of what uh came out of that was was a lot of like private donations okay um which is kind of how the gargoyle came about okay i feel like you are tiptoeing around well there's a lot there's a lot i want to talk about take your time baby i'm not rushing you (laughs) i love that sweater by the way oh thank you it's fetching this shirt's dirty though oh don't tell anyone (laughs) It's very warm. <laughs> okay. So um, all gargoyles are grotesques, but yes. not all grotesques are gargoyles. I understand this now. So gargoyles were designed specifically to prevent rainwater from eroding a building, and so they have a little spout built in. They could have just had a sort of gutter, though, yeah? Like, I get that engineering you want like a rain gutter around a cathedral well or just a sort of you know vaulted like a a, an incline to let the water fall huh yeah i don't see how a scary statue of a bat monster is like engineering wise the best solution Uh well i mean think about like your eyelashes, how they keep like dust out of your eyes. Yeah, like, sure. You need some kind of protrusion to kind of like right. keep the water from collecting and damaging the stone. And I totally understand that. Yes. And I I feel you on that. You want but a cathedral the, built like a slide. The only difference <laughs> is that my eyelashes aren't shaped like scary <laughs> bat monsters. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like they're just kind of like hairs. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm saying like a hairy cathedral is also a weird look. Um but I have to believe there was a, an easier way. Yeah, there's like a suggestion. I, the The history is kind of 
inconclusive as to whether or not they built these like fantastical creatures to like you know scare the devil away away. yeah Yeah. sure like i don't know that anyone can say that for a fact there were probably some like you know dark ages sculptors who were like working on it and they finished a a cathedral and looked up and were like but what is spider-man going to jump off of like you know what i mean Uh Um, that's the end of my bit. I don't really have more to the skit than, than that, than middle ages sculptors who like Spider-Man. But I imagine there's some one listener that really enjoyed that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. So a bulk of the gargoyles at the Washington national cathedral were created 1960s through 1980s. Okay. And so individuals could donate a gargoyle or a grotesque and collaborate on the design. Huh? Uh, and so according to a like historic cathedral newsletter, prices for donating or adopting gargoyles and grotesques have ranged from $700 to 15000 over the years. Damn, good for whoever could get in there for 700 I know, right? I think probably, when you say over the years, you mean from 60s to 80s, right? Because yes. I have to imagine if this were to be a thing that was available today, like 15000 would I know, be a, right? a, quite a Can low number to get a gargoyle up on the National Yeah, because you could, I mean, you could basically indicate it whatever you want. And that's what I really enjoyed the most about the gargoyles and the grotesques is they are all over the place. Oh, that's great. Um, Like there's an alligator, there's a bulldog, there's a ram, there's something called... The, the, there's an alligator? Oh, babe, I'm just getting started. Oh. Uh, there is what is, quote, the ugliest monster. The donor requested a, just an ugly monster. And so it is a four-armed human figure with a beard, long hair, and a mustache. Cool. Uh, there is the grandsons. Now, this one is a little judgy. So okay. the donor wanted a statue that would kind of resemble their grandsons. And one has a halo. And one has a cookie in a stolen cookie jar. That's fucked up. Right? It's like, oh, all right, we want one for the good grandson. Yeah. <laughs> one for the bad I grandson. want to enshrine in stone forever uh-huh. in the nation's most hallowed, sacred place the fact that Dylan is a thieving <laughs> shit. I know. And Michael is great. I know. That way when people of any faith come to celebrate or bow their heads in contemplation they will look up and be like dylan is a shithead though (laughs) i hate that kid michael is great though and what a called shot too like you wonder how old these grandsons were yeah you know when this was done like because they are depicted to be children yeah you know so it's just like oh at age four i knew what if dylan goes on a date to the national cathedral Uh and his date looks up and says, are, is that you? Are you the shitty kid? Like, no, I'm the good one. Are you the shitty kid in that gargoyle? No, man, that's totally Michael. No, it isn't. Michael's uh, the angel, clearly. Um, other uh, gargoyles and grotesques include a uh, crooked politician, which is a little statue that has a pinky ring and a cigar and hundreds in his coat pocket. Love it. Uh, there's a horse. Timely. <laughs> these clowns in washington yeah uh a horse skull a duck with a photographer coming out of its mouth yes so this was supposed to be like kind of poke fun at the tourists a little bit of like look at this photographer willing to get inside this duck 
I am so sick of these people know. with cameras trying to climb inside our ducks. <laughs> I don't know that I totally understand that one. No. Um, there's a unicorn. There's two hands gripping a golf club. Excellent. And then there's a dentist working on a walrus tusk. Cool. But the one I want to talk about was the result of a contest in, in the 1980s. It was a draw a grotesque contest. Uh, the National Geographic World Magazine which was the precursor to National Geographic Kids, asked young readers to submit designs for a new sculpture. 1,400 kids from 16 countries responded, and the winning artwork was a sagacious grotesque, which was a toothy man with an umbrella designed by a 12-year-old. But the third-place finisher is the one that I think is most remarkable, which was Darth Vader. There is a uh, a Darth Vader grotesque on the side of the Wait. Washington National Cathedral. There's was Can the, you do that? <laughs> Did George Lucas have to give a thumbs up on that? At some point I read some interview saying that they had like asked him like, "Hey, did you know?" and he was like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> I mean, okay. It, it I guess of all the characters from Star Wars to have on the cathedral well, no, I mean, Darth Vader's a uh -oh. pretty bad guy most of the time. Like, he kills a lot of people. Yeah, well, so that was the thing. They, the, it was instructed to kind of, you know, that this was going to be kind of a scary thing, that traditionally gargoyles and grotesques were kind of ominous figures. Yeah, but they haven't, like, famously killed people. And then you put that up on a church, you know? Well, I mean, uh, there's a Cerberus and an alligator, like, you know... It's not like everybody up there is friendly. I guess that's true. I, alligators are the only evil animal. So for you, it's not the fact that it's Darth Vader. It's it's Darth Vader's goodness that is a concern for you. I'm saying, I'm saying, I don't know. It makes sense, right? It's, it's like it's if Darth like Vader. Freddy Krueger was up there. If Freddy Krueger was up there, <laughs> I wanted. I think it would be fun if like Jack Porkins from uh, Star Wars was up there. We go for a bit uh -oh. of a deeper cut. Uh oh, don't you think? I don't know what you're talking about. Jack Porkins. It's probably my favorite Star Wars name, but how can you choose? There's so many good Star Wars names, babe. One day I'll show you some of them, and it's stuff like Depp Boopley. And Chet Jizzly. And they're all like they all play space jazz, which is called Jizz. Okay. I can't believe I have not gone to this this cathedral. Here's the thing about these grotesque and gargoyles. Like this this is a very tall cathedral. Yeah. And there are 112 gargoyles. So it's not like you can walk around the bottom and really see these guys. It's almost just like a little insider like hint. So next time you're there, you know, I, I don't know. They, they have a gargoyle tour. Like when you show up, you can do the gargoyle tour, which I did not do. Okay. Um, but there is like an observation deck and maybe you can see some of them from there. Do they have uh, a carillon there? The bells? Bell tower thing? You know, I don't know. I think they I do. I don't remember seeing it. It's under construction. There was like a pretty like uh, serious natural disaster that kind of compromised some of the the construction. And so there's some work going on there. But... Make some more gargoyle space. Yeah. I'll true. drop 15 large to get Jack Porkins up on the National <laughs> Cathedral forever. <laughs> Can I steal you away? Yes.
Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain we have got a really great Porco Rosso here, and it is from Alec. Nope, it's for Alec. You, Alec didn't send it. Alec received it. <laughs> and William is the one who did send this message to perfect, Alec. Perfect, perfect. Happy B-Day. Every year gone by, you are more beautiful and wise. I'm proud to watch you become the storm of DMing, tarot, and academia that I always saw in you. If this is 30, by God, I can't wait to see 60. Your friends say they love you and are lucky to have you too. They're here for you. Love your eternally infatuated husband, William. It stands to reason that 60 is twice as good as 30. Oh, I like that. You know, as we get older, it, it stuff just keeps getting more badass. So it's not like 60 is the new 30. It's like 60 is... It's is two 30s. Two 30s. <laughs> You have the wisdom and strength and excitement of two thirty-year-olds. Thirty, when you can have two thirties. Well, when you're thirty, it's like being two fifteen-year-olds. That's terrible. I don't want to be two fifteen-year-olds <laughs> at all. I, uh, that means that I'm two twenty-year-olds. That's. I mean, sure. I. I don't think anything we've said has. Should we made keep going? Sense. No. I mean, math is fun. <laughs>
Hey, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. Listen, you like podcasts, right? Sure you do. Don't try and lie to me. You're listening to one right now, so why not try a different one called R1, The Flophouse? Uh-huh, and on The Flophouse, we watch a movie and talk about it. And then sometimes we also do other stuff. It's all meant to be funny and fun, and we think you'll have a good time. And just to be clear, the name of the podcast is not Our One, The Flophouse. It's just called The Flophouse. <laughs> I do a lot of correcting Dan. The Flophouse, a lot of correcting Dan. Hey, it's John Moe, inviting you to listen to Depression Mode with John Moe, where I talk about mental health and the lives we live with all kinds of people. Famous writers. David Sedaris, welcome to Depression Mode. Thanks so much for having me. Movie stars. Jamie Lee Curtis, welcome to Depression Mode. I am happy to be here. Musicians. I am in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm talking to Amy Mann. Great to talk to you. And song exploders. Rishikesh Hirway, welcome to Depression Mode. Thanks so much for having me. Everyone's opening up on Depression Mode on Maximum Fun. This is an easy one. This one's a layup. This is gonna be one more. When you hear it, you'll be like, "Dang, I wish I didn't. I didn't. I hadn't. I wish I'd thought of that one." Because that's an easy one. Macaroni and cheese. Oh, macaroni and cheese. Mm. I felt like for sure we had talked about macaroni and cheese yeah, at craft dinner like on this show before. But I I went through the backlogs, yeah. by which I mean wonderful.fy. I didn't see it on there. Macaroni and cheese. Henry used to love it. Been off the game for a while. Just got back into it last night. And when he did, I also did. Because <laughs> I ate some of it. Now, I will say, this is this is something about our fancy son that is worth noting. Uh, we got Henry hooked on the deluxe. Kraft Mac and Cheese Deluxe. Yes. Yeah. He will not eat just like powdered cheese. He wants the like the squeeze the squeeze bag of cheese. I prefer the powdered cheese. Oh, really? I do. This and it's not like mm. a like a nostalgia thing. I genuinely think the texture and flavor is better. Yeah. The deluxe just doesn't stick to the noodle quite as much as I want it to. It's 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 a very different experience. It's, different. it's like two distinct meals. Anyway. You don't need us to explain what macaroni and cheese is because the name of it has two of, I would say, the three main ingredients of macaroni and cheese. You ever, you ever eat a whole box yourself? Yeah. In one sitting? No. Uh, I don't think so. I think I definitely have. I, 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 you know, I say that. I probably have. <laughs> I, I had You didn't a- see. Here's the thing. You, you have not spent a lengthy time living alone. And so when you live alone, you can do that kind of stuff. I ate a lot of macaroni and cheese, though, when I lived with Travis in Batavia, Ohio, which was a, sort of like an ultimate solitude. Um, but uh, I, if it was if this recipe was called macaroni and butter and cheese. I feel like aliens visiting from space could cook it. Like they could land and be like, "Oh, macaroni, butter, and cheese, huh?" It's not like a technical technical challenge on Bake Off. That is true, but I mean, if you've melted cheese before, you know, like you can't really get that. There is a margin of error there. That texture without using some kind of assistance. Uh, Lots of people and cultures have discovered that it's good to put noodles and butter and cheese together. Yeah, most of them, I would say, have discovered that at this point. The first, like. Known reported discovery is delightful, though, because it is a recipe from the medieval times, by which I mean the times and not the restaurant. Uh, there is a uh, a casserole recipe that was in an Italian cookbook oh. in the 14th century called uh, Liber de Cochina, uh, which I probably mispronounced. Of course I did. 
uh, and it had a Parmesan cheese and pasta dish. Uh, there was also a 14th century medieval English cookbook called The Form of Curry, C-U-R-Y, maybe pr- not like curry <laughs> as we know it, uh, that was uh, called Macarons, uh, which is confusing because that's yeah, already a sure. thing, uh, which includes a fresh hand-cut pasta, which was sandwiched between a mixture of melted butter and cheese. Uh, that recipe, we it, there was an excerpt of it that has survived to these days. And I would like to read it in Middle English uh, because it's fun. Okay. Take and make a thin foil of dauho and curve it on pieces and cast him on boiling water and seep it well. Take cheese and grate it and butter cast binathin and above as eosins and seru forth. Just do oh, that. Can you imagine that. like a like a cast on boiling water? Is that what it said? Uh, cast him on boiling water cast and seep it well. Water and seep. I love that's very. It's a pleasing sentence to me. Uh, to translate it to modern English, make a thin sheet of dough and cut it in pieces. Place them in boiling water and boil them well. Take cheese and grate it and add it and place butter beneath and above it, as with iosins, a dish similar to lasagna. And serve. I have to imagine like 80% of our listeners right now are like racing to their pantries to figure out to if see. they have Hey, great news. Cheese. You have some. <laughs> I would say it's like famously no. shelf stable. I, I mean, yes. But I think once you have children, the likelihood that you have it are, That's is fair. much higher. Um, so mac and cheese hit the scene in the US in the 1700s. It was viewed as a very like high society meal because it wasn't easy to have all of those things on hand. But then... Industrial Industrial Revolution oh, yeah. made like you know the factory production of all those things much 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 easier and much more accessible and then it was you know then it was macaroni and cheese uh, figuring out how to stabilize cheese uh, was was a a big deal yeah, in helping for sure. craft dinner come about during the Great Depression there was a man from St Louis he's actually from Scotland but he lived in St Louis uh, named Grant Leslie have you heard of this this fella. <laughs> I don't know. He invented fucking Kraft Mac and Cheese, basically. He started selling boxes of macaroni attached uh, with a rubber band to bags of dehydrated, grated cheese. No, no. there was a moment where I thought you were like asking me if I like knew his family or something. Do you know the Leslie's? No. Uh, In 1937, the National Dairy Products Corporation, also known as Kraft, uh, started to sell boxed mac and cheese as craft dinner. And due to like war rationing and it wasn't super easy to get a lot of meat uh, in those times, uh, people went just ape shit over it. Uh, particularly in Canada, where in the, you know, the late 30s, refrigerators weren't in every home. And so this box that stayed sh- uh, shelf stable for 10 months and could feed your entire family was like pretty great. Uh, Kraft sold 50 million boxes of mac and cheese during World War II. Wow. That's so much. Uh, Further cementing the Kraft dinner legacy, uh, in 1954, Kraft had, I would call one of the great advertising master strokes, where they changed the box from its bright yellow cheesy color to, you know, the iconic Kraft dinner dark blue. Uh, and uh, did that change alongside an ad campaign that encouraged children to ask their parents for the blue box. Oh, yeah, that's still a thing. Just get the blue box, Dad. It's so smart and, you know, manipulative, but yeah, it worked, clearly, uh, because it was super successful and continues to be, uh, it continues to be like the 
unofficial official meal of Canada where people eat an average of 3.2 boxes of craft dinner every year. Which doesn't sound a lot for no. one person, but when you consider the number of people who aren't that's eating true. any craft dinner, uh, that's <laughs> a wild. That starts to skew the numbers in some wild ways. Uh, our mom made it a lot, like a oh, lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. Uh, then when Easy Mac hit the scene, yeah. What are your feelings about that? Loved it. I mean, it was huge. It 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 democratized the power of macaroni and cheese and put it in my hands and the microwave's hands because I could cook it now without having to, you know, produce a bechamel or anything <laughs> like that. I didn't have to whip up a zooey bechamel. Yeah, you know, <laughs> making it in the microwave though, like I always felt like, oh, there's no way this is going to taste as good. But it you does, know. it does. But it yeah, did. it basically does. Because it's hot water, noodles, and powder. Like, yeah. that's basically all that you need to get the Easy Mac going. And um, yeah, if, for me, it was always like a like an exotic, exotic? luxury, a delicacy. Because, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like a bologna sandwich. It was craft dinner. Yeah. In the palm of my hands. Yeah. I would dump, I would decant it into my hands. <laughs> I didn't eat it like a little peggy. Um... When mac and cheese is available as a side, I'll get it. Oh gosh, I know. Yeah, we've talked about this as a family a few times because when we travel with our children, we will go to a restaurant and they will present macaroni and cheese as a kid's option. And there's always that moment of like, is this going to be like that fancy stuff with the breadcrumbs on the top? Because our child will not want that. Which I love that shit too. If you you want to whip up a fancy four cheese Gruyere, you know, nutmeg, like whatever the fuck you want to throw in there. Yeah, it's going to be good and I'm going to eat it. I'll eat... Craft dinner. I'll eat leftover craft dinner deluxe from my son's half-eaten bowl uh, because it's very good to eat macaroni and cheese. When you put these things together, it's pretty much always good. Yeah, and I think that that's a special food. Yeah, keep it up, mac and cheese. <laughs> um, that's it for the show. Thank you to Bo Win and Augustus for the use of our theme song. Money won't pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Thank you to Maxwell Fun for having us on the network. Uh, it's, it's a great network. We're very proud to be a part of it. And you should be too if you also make a podcast that is on the Maximum or, Fund. Or let's say if you donate to Maximum Fund. If you support Maximum Fund, that is also. You are one, are of, us of, you're one of us in a way. You're one of us. Google gobble, Google gobble. You're one of us. Do you want to talk about Candle Nights? I do want to talk about Candle Nights. It's coming up very, very soon. It's on December 17th, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's going to be virtual again this year. Tickets are on sale now at bit.ly slash candlenights2022. All our shows, we're doing, we're doing bits and skits and sketches. And we're doing the our shows also kind of in short-form format. Uh, Rachel and I put together, I would say, a pretty authoritative uh, holiday gift guide yeah. uh, that uh, hopefully you will find very useful and actionable. Uh, is a, a great thing, and it's for a great cause. All the uh, ticket sales go to benefit Harmony House, uh, which is an organization from our hometown of Huntington, West Virginia, that works to end uh, homelessness in the area. And uh, it's a lot of fun every year. So it's yeah, it's it's honestly one of my like favorite new traditions. Not just making it, but then watching, watching it. it yeah. Like it's it's a real treat. There's a lot of a lot of heart in it. There's a lot of heart in it. Uh, we have stuff over at macaroimerch.com that you should go check out. Uh, and uh, also, I wanted to say, because I don't think we mentioned it on this show, 
the 11th hour, the next The Adventure Zone graphic novel comes out uh, pretty soon now, February 21st. Oh, wow. 2023. You can go to theadventurezonecomic.com to pre-order it. I'm extremely proud of, of this yeah. book and how it turned out. And I, I am, uh, we, it's been a little bit longer between books than we have done for previous entries in the series. And so... Uh, pre-orders are incredibly important for sort of getting that groundswell and for uh, convincing booksellers to stock our books. Uh, and and so uh, you would be helping us a lot if you went to the adventurezonecomic.com to pre-order if you were, you know, planning on getting the book. And if you weren't, please maybe do it instead. I am good. At, I am the craft dinner <laughs> of marketing. That's it. Thank you to everyone that came out to the Washington, D.C. live performance of Wonderful. Yeah. It was a real treat. We did have a great, great time. Any time that I can stand in front of a, a large group of people and talk about poetry and have them cheer as if it were some kind of rock music uh, is a good time for me. Well, I was doing I was doing like backflips behind you while you were reading the poetry. Oh, well, that was nice So I would you. say half the audience was like, you know, having emotional poetry feelings. Uh-huh. But then the other half was like, yeah. How many backflips? Uh, I mean, I could really only do the one. And then after a very <laughs> brief hospital stay, I can maybe eke out a second one. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.